Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve salatu ve selamu ala seyyidina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve ashabihi ecma'in. Rabbana teqabbel minna inneke ente semiyul alim. Ve tube aleyna inneke ente tevvabur rahim. Ve mekdu adet Allah subhanahu ve ta'ala accepts our standing in qiyam. Resulullah sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem says in a hadith. Men qama ramadana imanen ve ihtisaben gufira lehu ma teqaddama min zembih. That person who stands... In the month of Ramadan, with hope for thawab and reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah promises to forgive his past sins. وَمَنْ صَامَ رَمَضَانَ إِيمَانًا وَاحْتِسَابًا غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ And the person who fasts with hope of reward, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives their past sins. Respected brothers, this is the first night of the month of Ramadan. And like we previously mentioned in the pre-Ramadan program that we had, this is a month of, of tarbiyah and spiritual training in which we exercise and train our hearts to stay away from those things upon which our existence depends. We require water and food to survive. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs us to stay away from those things. So if a person is then indirectly addressing his heart and his nafs, that if you have the ability to display discipline and stay away from those things upon which your existence and your survival depends, then it is possible for us to stay away from those things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instructed us to avoid and abstain from. The various types of disobedience, whatever is haram in the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the training. Similarly, the qiyam and the standing in taraweeh. You know, the young people who, who do physical exercise, they know when you go to the gym for the first time after the holidays, you're going to have some aches and pains. The body was not so equipped and ready to, to handle the type of strenuous training. Similarly, the qiyam at night is a training for our nafs. The feet might be paining. And the heart will be saying, okay, let's see where the taraweeh is recited a little faster or maybe uh, we can finish a few minutes earlier. This is the time when we have to subdue this nafs. As in the Qasida Burda, Imam al-Busiri says, the example and the similitude of this nafs is like a wild horse which needs to be tamed. And for 11 months, this, this horse has been running wild, doing as it wills, it does what it wants, and it behaves in whichever way it, it sees fit. And he says, And the nafs, the ego of a person, is like a child. If you wean that child off from its mother's milk, yes, it will be a temporary discomfort, and it will be crying for a little while. But eventually it will become independent and self-sufficient. But if you leave the child to continuously drink from his mother, he will grow up. He'll grow up into a, into a teenager and, and he will still be inclined to his mother's milk. So the nafs similarly has its inclinations. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this month of Ramadan through the fasting, through the qiyam, through the standing at night. The few minutes that we wish to uh, keep our respected brothers and sisters, just to listen to a summary of some of the verses which were recited. And obviously there's no time to go into much detail, but we will just touch on some of the important verses, inshallah. May Allah give us the ability to, to appreciate the, the magnitude and the weight which was carried by our respected imams who recited so beautifully. May Allah increase them in barakah and increase them in the memorization of the Qur'an, in their beautiful recitation, and make them an example for our youth, insha'Allah, to emulate them in the recitation of the Qur'an. May Allah accept, insha'Allah. So the first surah which was recited in every raka'ah, which is an integral part of our salah, is Surah Al-Fatiha. 
Surah Al-Fatiha is the opening chapter of the Quran, which the Mufassirin say is the summary of the entire Quran. So if somebody wants to know what's the message of the entire Quran, it's in Surah Al-Fatiha. This is why one of the names of Al-Fatiha is Ummul Kitab, the root and foundation of the Kitab. The word Umm in Arabic means mother also, but your mother is called Umm because she is your foundation. She is the foundation upon which you become a decent and an upright human being. So Surah Al-Fatiha is Ummul Kitab, Aslul Kitab. It is also known as Surah Al-Shifa, the Surah of Shifa and Cure. In an authentic hadith, Sayyidina Abu Sa'id Khudri radiallahu an, with some Sahaba passed by a particular village which did not display much hospitality to, to them and refused to entertain them in any way. And they passed by thinking that they would do whatever they needed to do. And somebody came running from the, from the, the, the village saying that our chief has been bitten by a snake. Is there anybody who has some charms or something that they could recite in order for him to feel some relief? That's what they would call it, uh, charms or some recitation of poetry. Abu Sa'id radiallahu an, he knew that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us in the Qur'an, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah has revealed in the Qur'an that which is a cure, and it's a spiritual cure as well as a physical cure. So he said yes, and he accompanied this person and he went back to the chief. And he said, I recited Surah Al-Fatiha seven times. He recited Surah Al-Fatiha and he blew, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cured that individual. Then out of their gratitude, they gave them a whole flock of sheep. So Abu Sa'id radiallahu anhu told the Sahaba that nobody touch any sheep until we take permission from our master, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if it is permissible for us to consume and take of that sheep. When they came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he smiled. He smiled at the intelligence of Sayyidina Abu Sa'id because he understood the, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the, the, the Qur'an as a shifa. And he applied that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his mercy gave shifa. And then they were recompensed in the form of sheep. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam smiled. And he said, yes, you are allowed to consume and eat of its meat. And then he said to them that you can send some meat to me as well. So the ulama say, this was not because Rasulullah sallallahu used to take things from the Sahaba. It's not because he desired dunya from them. This, is what, this was a message from Rasulullah sallallahu to say, when I say you can consume and eat this meat, then it is 100% halal because it's an intellectual impossibility for a Nabi to eat haram. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِن رَسُولٍ إِلَّا لِيُطَاعَ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ A Rasul is sent for ita'a, people need to follow him. Therefore, it's impossible that Allah can instruct you to follow a person who eats haram or does something which disobeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when he says, send some meat to me, it is an indication from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that the meat that I'm telling you, it's not merely a dispensation or an allowance for you to have, to partake of it, but it is completely permissible and I am also able to, to partake of it. So this is a lesson for us. When we have a, 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 some sickness with doing the necessary medical treatment and, and, and referring to professionals, this is what, what the ulama say, even in, in terms of sharia, when Nabi sallallahu says there's a cure in a particular ingredient or there's cure in honey or there's cure in, in various types of things mentioned in hadith, the muhaddithin say that we need to refer to the, 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 the medical practitioners and ask them if it applies to us or not. Once one muhaddith, his name was Ma'mar, he heard the virtue of, of letting blood, which was common amongst the Arabs. They would let some blood and they would feel some relief or cupping or whatever it might be. So he said, I decided to make amal on that particular hadith and, and I did some cupping on my head. And he said, for one week I was making mistakes in Surah Al-Fatiha. 
then I realized that when Rasulullah tells us something, then it has a context in which you need to understand it. Nabi tells you that there's shifa, but the shifa will be found if you refer to the specialists of the field. And this is what we learn in Sharia, that you refer to the specialists of every field. They say the famous Napoleon Bonaparte. This I heard from an Azhari alim who graduated from Al-Azhar. It's a well-known story in Egypt because Napoleon spent a lot of time in Egypt learning and studying the methodology of Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Khalid radiallahu an in the battlefield. So uh, he came to the Sheikh al-Azhar and he said that you claim that you have an answer for everything in the Quran. You've got an answer for every question in the Quran. I'm going to ask you a question and I, and, and I wish to, to see the answer in your Quran. So the Sheikh, the, the, the ulama of those days were not like weaklings like us. You know, they don't answer immediately. Now you ask somebody something, you say halal, you say haram, or it's kufr, or it's batil. That's the immediate, we, everything is instant with us. Our answers are also instant. The scholars of those days, if somebody asked them something, they would say, okay, just give me till tomorrow, let me double check our research and get back to you. In any case, the Shaykh al-Azhar said to him, what is your question? So he said, I need to know how, how much flour is required to bake three loaves of bread that the baker bakes around the corner from the masjid. So he said, but the Qur'an was not revealed to tell us the mundane things of life and what the ingredients are of how to bake bread and how to bake a cake. It's for the, the guidance of mankind. So the Shaykh al-Azhar smiled and he said, okay, come tomorrow. When he came the next day, the Shaykh al-Azhar said to him that, you require, for example, he said you need perhaps one kilo, one kilo of flour. So he said, show me in the Qur'an. So the Sheikh opened the Mus'haf and he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people who possess knowledge if you do not know. So I went to the baker and I asked him, listen, somebody is asking how much the ingredients of your bread, how much flour you require. And this is, he gave me the answer. So similarly, in every field of our life, when it comes to our health, we need to go to the specialist. And then we, we include with that turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by reciting Surah Al-Fatiha, making dua, and turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through whichever permissible means they are available. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq uh, to derive maximum benefit from the verses of the Qur'an. When we listen to it in the Salat al-Taraweeh, let us try to set a schedule for us during the month of Ramadan to set time for the recitation. Uh, if we are unable to, let us make the niyyah. And I always say, uh, let us make the niyyah of becoming hufad of the Qur'an. Sometimes we are not deprived in our life because we don't because we make the incorrect intentions, but we are many times deprived because we don't make any intention at all. So we're reciting in the month of Ramadan, you can make multiple intentions. Oh Allah, I'm making the intention of reciting the Quran with the intention that one day I want to become a hafiz of the Quran. So two people, for example, two friends, they decide they want to recite Surah Yasin. Okay? Just a hypothetical example. And they read, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Yasin wal-Quran al-Hakim, and they both pass away. But there's one difference between the two of them. The one intended to recite Surah Yasin. And the other one, he intended to recite the entire Quran starting from Surah Yasin. On the day of Qiyamah, the one will be resurrected as one who recited the entire Quran, or the reward of the full Quran, and the other one would get the reward of Surah Yasin. So let us not deprive ourselves. When we come to the masjid and we're making the sunnah, make the niyyah of tahiyyatul masjid, make the niyyah of the sunnah before salah, make the niyyah of salatul haja, make the niyyah of salah. You can incorporate all those nawafil in the salah that you are performing. So multiple intentions, inshallah, we will gain maximum benefit and reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us our ibadah. 
and make it a means of our spiritual upliftment, insha'Allah. And let us continuously make dua for those Muslims in the rest of the world who are experiencing difficulty, who might not be enjoying the facilities and the ni'am and bounties that we are enjoying. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alleviate and remove all the difficulties that is being faced by them. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.